Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. Say thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, and, And we're going into the encounter or we're finishing off actually the encounter series, uh, this part of the encounter series. And this series, of course, is uh, this portion of the series is encounter the faces of worship. Amen. And so as we've been talking about, you know, this sermon series and what we've been dealing with, of course, we've been deep diving into worship, what it is to worship, how we're worshiping, what the, the many faces of worship, right. right? And so we're learning so much about worship. And even on today, what we're going to be touching on and, t- and talking about is really a culmination of all the things that we've learned over these past few months. And so even as we're talking about worship, there's some things that we want to, uh, to we're going to disclose and show uh, again. But at the same time, we want you to to look at yourself and say, okay, well, where am I, right? right. Take stock of what you are doing. Take stock of, of, of your worship, your, your opportunities that you're taking to worship. Are you taking enough? What does that look like? Are you pouring in the way that you should? And so we're going to start talking about that. Mm-hmm. And even as we expound upon that, we're going to go over, th- uh, we're going to start in uh, the scripture that we're using today. But hold on. But even with the encounter, the faces of worship, because we've been doing encounter the faces of prayer. Yes the faces of praise, mm-hmm. and now we're in the faces of worship. And as PT was saying, you know, this is going to be ending the faces of worship, and we're going to be going into the faces of deliverance. Yes. So, you know, really just, and even as we studied and came together, you know, God is so awesome. What we realized is you can see all that God has been speaking and how we've been encountering God and what God has been revealing right in prayer and praise and worship and now you know even the anticipation the expectation of meeting god and encountering him in deliverance amen so you know we're definitely really excited and even in thinking about this face of worship ending this going into what a new quarter quarter. you know we started a new season it's now fall and we're going into a new series So really, we want you to really reflect on that and, you know, say, okay, God, what is this? And that's why this is with our title. <laughs> a turning point. A turning point. And turn, what is a turning point? A turning point, turning point into worship. Right. Uh, so a turning point is basically a milestone, uh, a point in which a significant change occurs. And so this is, of course, a milestone. This is what, you know, when we're thinking about where we are, again, thinking about our progression. Mm-hmm. How are we moving from one stage True. to the next? True. And so we want to make sure that we're pinpointing this particular point in time and measuring ourselves and thinking about what we can do to be better. We want to get the full right. experience right. from what God has for us. And so we want to make sure that if we need to be direct, you know, redirected, that we can do so. If we need to get back on track, this is a great opportunity to do so. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into the scriptures that we'll be using today. It's First Peter, the second chapter, and it's going to be verses 2 through 10, and we're going to end it off at verse 25. And if you can, please stand for the reading of, of the word. Amen. I'll do all the work. <laughs> and the reading goes as this. First uh, Peter, second chapter, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, 
but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Verse 6, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Verse 7, unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, uh-oh, <laughs> the stone which the builders disallow, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rick of offense, a rock wow. of offense, excuse me, mm -hmm. even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, Hallelujah. that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not, uh oh, verse 25, for you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. And so, reading this, so reads the scriptures. Amen. So, yes, we're talking about a turning point. And even as we're talking about this, we want to talk about, you know, the person that was, you know, reading. We're talking about Peter here. Right. And as we talk about Peter, we have to understand that Peter, you know, is, uh, is Greek. The name Peter is a Greek uh, form of the uh, Aramic word named Cephas, which means rock. And so when we're talking about rock, of course, when we think about a rock, we think about uh, something that's a hard place, something right. that, and even when we talk about a certain personality trait, that is a bold personality, someone that's a rock. Not only is it something, you know, as Jesus called Peter, uh, did, uh, gave Peter this name, we're looking, he's looking at the boldness and the boldness that is something that can be foundational, Amen. right? Something that, you know, we can, you know, Jesus saw something and, and it was presented to him as something that this could be built on. And of course, we talk about, you know, the church and, and we think about Peter, we think about, you know, his, uh, the, the, the foundation that he set for the church, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the plan of salvation, you know, he, even as we talk about, you know, going through first Peter, really, he talks about and expounds upon on the plan of salvation, Christian duty, Christian discipline. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about all this, he's talking about, you know, um, this uh, from the stand standpoint of, you know, something really foundational. Right. When we start talking about as and even as it's talking about babes and going into, you know, the likelihood or the likeness of starting from something from the beginning and building it some building up into something else entirely. But and let us go ahead and go over the definition of worship yes. we're going to go over the definition of worship and it speaks to an, an excessive admiration of someone because this is faces of worship amen and then let us go into encounter so again a counter talks about to meet as an adversary or enemy to engage in conflict with to come up face to face a pleasant meeting and to come up or experience especially unexpectedly encounter difficulties to meet especially by chance right. and so we're going to just focus on even regarding the come up face to face you know we've been having different encounters you know it's been, we've had times throughout learning you know these different you know faces of worship where we've had to encounter God you know adversary because he's had to help us to change some things about us and some things that you know we've been in conflict with in the inside of us that we've had to deal with and so now even in you know so we've been seeing God and encountering God in the different ways having that face-to-face -face, that place of intimacy that a pleasant meeting you know even just come up and experience especially unexpectedly I know I've been able to experience him unexpectedly thinking like okay and God is like 
dropping this right here throughout your day, you know? So I want you to just remember, you know, we want to definitely keep these definitions before you and understand, okay, what it is when we're saying encounter and encountering the faces of worship. You know, we've heard about, you know, making sure that our face is seen, you know, yes. that God is seeing our face. So just even in, you know, the different forms and the different ways of worship, because it spoke to the excessive admiration. You know, worship speaks to the excessive admiration. And so even with the definition of a turning point, because, mm -hmm. you know, that is our title, a turning point in worship. So we have a milestone, a point in which a significant change incurs. So just think about that, even in this being a turning point in your worship, in that excessive admiration, in that place of you honoring and reverencing God. And, you know, we've also been learning about worship is what? Obedience. Right. Worship is a form of obedience. You know, our obedience, excuse me, is a form of worship. So to know, okay, God, there's a turning point in my obedience. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure my obedience is in the right direction. Amen. Correct. So, you know, definitely even as we go into this, so we're going starting in verse 2, and I'm going to let PT go ahead back <laughs> with that. So definitely just want you to, you know, Remember those definitions regarding encounter and worship. Amen. Right. So even what we're talking about, what we're talking about with Peter is, is, you know, is again, we were talking about it being foundational and we're talking about, you know, some of us, for some of us, we have to come from a place, even in that place of, you know, hardness. And right. we're talking about, you know, some of us going through some hard situations and circumstances. And encountering God in some those of hard us, situations. Some of us are encountering God mm -hmm. in those places. And sometimes we're trying to reckon with ourselves, trying to figure out what we're doing. Sometimes when we're turning away, mm -hmm. that turning away is not on purpose, right? right. Sometimes that turning away comes up because we think that life circumstances deem for us to to kind of shift right. away or move away from what we're trying, what, what God wants to do in us. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about here, and, and even when we start talking about a rock, and one thing I wanted to point out is, you know, even as we're talking about rock, you know, my daughter, Lauren's, or our daughter, yes. Lauren <laughs> pointed out to us um, that, or pointed out to me that, you know, a seed can drop in the midst of a rock, mm -hmm. and life can grow in the midst of a rock. You know, as a seed can drop, there's a, a little crack and a little seed, the seed's small enough, it can be dropped in the midst of that rock, and life can spring forth out of that Hallelujah. rock. And so that's what God wants to show us, that life can spring forth out of these hard places. Yes. Even sometimes when we had to make bold decisions, and sometimes we had to do bold things, mm -hmm. but life can still spring, out, spring forth out of that. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to, and as we're encountering mm -hmm. uh, Christ in the midst of this, we are going to see how God is, is, is going to get life out of our situations, sometimes out of our hard places. Right. So in verse 2 it says, A newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby and even as we're talking about babes mm -hmm. uh, and are talking about a newborn sometimes we're going into this thing from a new perspective right this is uh, sometimes you know even though we've some of us have been in the word all our lives mm -hmm. there's some new experiences that we're experiencing right now right. there's some new things that we're being that we're seeing right now right that's true. and so for some of us you know we're we're as uh, and it's okay to be reduced to this state yes that we're yes. in a state that we're at looking at this from a newborn babe's perspective and so even as we're talking about a, a newborn babe uh, uh, the thing about this is uh, it's a place of growth. Right. It's a, it's a place to learn. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we 
have to look at, you know, sometimes we've been kind of closed off in some mm -hmm. areas. That's true. We've been, uh, we were like, I know how to pray. Right. I know how to worship. I know. I but know God how to wants praise. To, mm -hmm. I know how to praise. Mm -hmm. But God wants to show us that there's, there's some things that there's still yet for us to learn. And that's even, you know, in studying this, like, I really was like, Lord, that's right. Like, this whole series, you know, encountering in prayer, praise, and worship it had I had to say, you know what? No, it's a lot more that I need to learn. Like the faces of worship right now. Okay, God, I need to be as a newborn baby. I need to be in that place of infancy so I can really grow in worship. I can really grow in these areas that you're calling me to grow in. You know, and it's okay. Like T said, it is okay to say, God, you know, and that's why it's a turning point because some of us still think, you know, oh, I'm okay. Or, you know, you just say, okay, no, I thought it was, it's not what I thought it was. You know, like even in T, and we're going to, you know, speak to it later, like there's scriptures that God was revealing to us. We're learning God, like he opened it up and it's like, wow, like I didn't even know that. And so that is the point and that's the reason for encountering him because he's going to reveal himself and he's going to reveal more of his word. Amen. So let's talk about this milk. This is desire, the sincere milk of the word. And, some, you know, when we think about milk, uh, we think about, you know, of course, breast milk or formula. Right. But it contains certain proteins, right? And that's quick and easy for, you know, for the baby to digest, you know, to give it the sustenance it needs in order for it to grow, right? Right. And so even when we think about the word, sometimes we don't think about the word as being that thing that we need for us to grow. You know, and even as we're coming, you know, we, as as believers right. you know sometimes we depend on different things mm -hmm. you know to 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 find ourselves uh in in the things of god or we try to get through things in the god things of god we, sometimes it can be by uh by by communication by fellowship which mm -hmm. is great uh sometimes it can be by song you know sometimes we lean, lean more on songs mm -hmm. than, than you know in music than the word sometimes we lean more on uh uh, uh you know experience than even the word but we need the word for us to grow right right and so even as we're talking about here the sincere milk of the word the simplicity yes. of the word is what we need for us to grow and that's why you know it comes like it, it, god gives it to us so sometimes it's broken down and uh, it's broken down enough for us to be able to receive it right. and grow off of it sometimes we lose sight of the fact that it's since it, it's, it's simple and sometimes we make it harder than it has right. to be but he's showing us that it's it's just that simple if you can receive this then this is what you need to grow and even in the simplicity and what god was speaking to this as t was saying the simplicity of worship mm -hmm. you know we you know i know from experience i have made worship m harder right. not saying you know because worship is so precious and it's beautiful so but i've made it harder than it need to be mm -hmm. but the simplicity of our worship like just simply obedience in the simple things like even just in every day that is encountering god you are growing and so just going back and got until so the turning point is god is really looking for us to get in that place where we are taking the simplicity of the word don't add anything to it nothing needs to be like the word in itself should move you the word in itself should do something for you and that's what you know god is really wanting us to understand like it is in his word, you know, because we do want to grow. And that is even with this series. Like, we do, you know, and that is the desire, you know, to say, okay, God, I grew 
in my prayer. I grew in praise. I grew in worship, mm -hmm. you know, and we're going to grow in deliverance. You know, we're growing in these areas as we encounter my relationship with you, God, is growing. Your relationship should grow. So we really want to encourage you just to even reflect on like, okay, God, in the sincerity, in the simplicity of the word, like sincere milk, like it's, you can't pervert it, right. you know, and we can sometimes pervert and try to bring, you know, pervert it. But the word in itself is no perversion in the word. It's sincere, you know, and that's what God is looking for us. And even regarding desire, because, you know, we've talked about, you know, we've had, you know, over the over the um, weeks, the speakers talking about, you know, just even checking our desire. So our desire needs to be born again. Our desire for the sincere that for the word all by itself, not needing God to say, OK, God, I'll take your word if it comes with a camel. I'll take right. your word if it comes with a promise. I'll take your word if it comes with a quote unquote blessing. You know, I'll t you know, I'll take your word if it comes with something, mm -hmm. but just all by itself. Amen. 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 So as we go to verse three, it says. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious and even when we start talking about tasted. This is past tense. This is something that's that's already happened. There's yes. some, there's been some things that we've tasted, we've experienced, we've seen, we've God has shown us, and I want you to re revert back to those things. I want right. you to think about those things that God has brought brought you through. I want you to think about those things that God is showing you. You've had a taste of this. You've had a taste of worship. You've had a taste of of an experience and an encounter with God, and He's shown you some things. Yes. And sometimes we have to think about, okay, we've been here before. Right. We've experienced God before. We know God in this in this sense before. He's just trying to build yeah. upon that experience. Exactly. Build upon that encounter. Build upon what you have how you've seen him and how he's revealed himself. And so even with verse three, because when we have the sincere and allow the simplicity of the word, allow the word to do what it needs to do. You know, don't get in the way. That's when we can say we have tasted, mm -hmm. like T was saying, it's past tense. We have actually done that. And some of us even, and see, this is so, you know, important because we are at a turning point. And some of us are feeling like, God, I haven't encountered you like I need to with the faces of worship. Can we be honest? Like we ha we're saying, some of us are saying we haven't encountered that faces of worship like I need to. Like I thought it, I needed a, 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 I need something big, something, mm. But if we just settle in the fact that the word all by itself, God is revealing himself. God is, you know, showing me and I'm, as I'm in his word and embracing it and taking it and partaking of that, then I can honestly say I have had an encounter. Exactly. I have had an experience. Exactly. Amen. So let's talk about the word taste right quick. So the definition for taste is to try the flavor of or partake of, enjoy, feel, experience. Jesus. Also to take food, to eat to take nourishment. So even when I start talking about, when you think about taste, you know, there's the difference between, you know, even, uh, you know, tasting like a, a hostess cake, uh -huh. right? <laughs> you go to the, go to the store and you get the hostess cake right. and, and, and it's good for a moment. Right. It's good. Right. It's good. But then, you know, cause I live with a baker. <laughs> if you, if you taste a real, you know, with the ingredients, with the, you know, someone took the time, the energy, the, the, uh, and the money <laughs> <laughs> Say that. <laughs> to, to make, to make a real cake. And it, you, you, there's no comparison. Right. And so God wants you to understand that there is the difference. There's a difference between what's temporary 
and what is what God wants for us, right? Right, continually. There's a, a continual. There's a mm -hmm. difference between a moment you can have a, you know, and you probably some and some of us have experienced a, you know, a certain moment. Right. But God wants you to encounter, experience an encounter. Ongoing, an and ongoing even encounter. with that encounter and those experiences, like we're partaking, you're partaking, and so you know, some of us can feel like you know, been frustrated feeling like others are partaking yes. and we're on the sidelines, not being able to fully partake of mm -hmm. or to enjoy, to feel, to have that experience, even to taste, it speaks to that experience. And that is what it is, you know, speaking to again, that encounter, those experiences, you know, and even allowing the word to actually nourish us. Mm -hmm. And that's for us who, you know, feel like, okay, I'm missing something. You know, I still need, I, I'm, I'm in need, I, I'm malnourished. Right. And some of us, and this is a turning point because the reality is some of us may be malnourished mm -hmm. because we have not allowed ourselves to partake of, you know, in the sincerity, in the simplicity of the word, to allow the word to do what it needs to do in each and every one of us so that we can be fully nourished in a healthy manner. Amen. Now, let's talk on that. Like some of us, we think that we don't deserve the cake. Oh, let's, Lord. let's talk about that. Yes. Let's, some of us, we feel like we don't deserve to taste or, you know, sometimes you feel like you have to be in a certain place to taste. That's true. And God's saying, no, we mm -hmm. want, he wants to make sure that you know that you can encounter him too. Is it's not a matter of someone being on the outside looking right. in. And if anything, as we're talking about a turning point, this is turning back to uh, uh, understanding that God wants all of us to experience yes. him. God wants us all to encounter him. It's not a matter of, you know, trying to uh, measure up to see if you deserve the taste. Right. This is a matter of saying, God saying he wants you to, he wants you to come the way you are so he can show you yes. what you've been missing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So Amen. Let's go back to the verse. So it says that if so ye be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And so when we think about gracious, usually it's, you know, we're thinking about kindness and warm, you know, warmness or, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, God's mercy or mm -hmm. his compassion. But this grace, we're talking specifically about use, uh, usefulness. Be it's better. It's easy. It's good. It's kind. This is this is the kind of grace that you know God wants us to wants to show us that this is what we're talking to, that we're speaking about, is that He is good. That right. it, it, His love is good. His uh, being able to worship Him is a good thing. Yes, it's, it's useful. better and it's worship useful. Worship is useful, you know, and we fight worship we fight you know and that's why we're having to encounter like prayer praise things that we run from but it's useful mm -hmm. and see god is such a, a awesome and beautiful god that worship is not about us it's about him and that's what we've been learning like it's so not about us but because he's such a a beautiful god we still get to benefit from the worship right. you know it's still useful for us god is useful he is good and Going back to those places where it's like we have those experience, those hard places, even what Pastor Lincoln preached on last week about, you know, the, um, those struggles and things that we've gone through, like, this is still good. The Lord is still good. He is still kind. You know, those things that we've suffered through, he's still kind. Amen. Let's go to verse 4. It says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed, indeed of men, but chosen to God and precious. And so wow. we're start talking about, you know, uh, a stone. And he's saying that, you know, t Jesus himself is a, a, a living stone. Right. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when we think about the things that are not chosen of men, right, mm -hmm. or the things that are disallowed indeed of men, 
those are some things that you know even as believers we know something about right. some of us we we understand that we haven't been uh we're, we're not you know people's choice but we're god's choice right right and so Again, it goes back to what we were talking about before, you thinking that you don't measure up in a certain uh, standpoint or certain concept. Uh, but God wants us to see that, you know, he, he deems what's important. Right. It's what he deems as, as important as what's something that, we, we, we come, that we're, we're being brought into. Right. And so let's speak to this living stone. So we have a reference scripture, mm -hmm. and it's Ephesians 2, 18 through 22. And it says, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye are also are built together for an habitation of God through the spirit. Amen. So we want to give this reference because this is speaking to God, you know, being that living stone, being that, you know, he is the head. And so even I want us to go to Matthew 16 and 18. And it says, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we're looking Jesus is the living stone. So he is that stability. And we're going to, you know, dive more into about the living stone. But we really want you to understand, you know, and these are used as reference to know that God is that stone. He is that stability. He is the living stone, not just a stone, but the living stone. He is right. our living savior. You know, even revealing, you know, how God is revealing himself and who he is to us, knowing that, okay, God, you are the living stone, God. You are our rock, God. You are the chief cornerstone, God. So, you know, in a God revealing himself and knowing, okay, God, wow, that is how you are a chief cornerstone in my life. That is how you are a living stone. Amen. So and I think it's so interesting that God points out the fact that, of course, he's using Peter, the ro a rock, right. to talk about stones right. right and even we start talking about you know a rock what a rock what is a rock it's you know a solid aggregate of minerals right and min mineraloids but a stone is a, a rock but it's been shaped or modified by a process and so what God is showing us is that there's he's trying to take us from being that rock to being a living stone mm -hmm. he's trying to take us yes you could be that natural thing but this is being polished this is right. being for uh, um, molded and formed and to be used for a specific purpose right spiritually uh, yes. spiritually and so that's the difference between that rock that you know of course the world says okay that that boldness that that hard place that person that 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 can go up against you know you know them against the world <laughs> kind right. of thing but God says okay that's one thing but let's change it over to something right. that can be built upon right. let's change this in over something into something that can be shaped shaped and molded and be used for a greater purpose and so even when it says disallowed indeed of men you know realize it and we're going to speak to the men and it says but chosen of god and precious right. even just speaking to that precious that is you know god is saying you're precious mm -hmm. like even jesus you know whatever you know that the enemy and men they did not want to receive him, you know, because they didn't want to receive the living stone. And so that's what disallow. It speaks to the rejection, you know, speaks to not wanting to receive, not being opal, open, excuse me, not being um, willing to partake and be open to what Jesus is trying to speak to. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
So we need to be open to the worship, the encountering God in the faces of worship. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so even when you think about that, that's special to God. Right. The fact that we have that connection with him, that's precious in itself. Yes. What God sees uh, as something that is beneficial, not just to to him, but to us, that connection is special. That is precious in itself. Yes. And so we don't want to look, look over the fact that God sees that as a special thing. You bowing down and giving yourself up and sacrifice. We're going to touch on sacrifice right. in a little bit. But you sacrificing that time, you sacrificing that moment, you sacrificing, you know, whatever's going on around you for that that key experience with him. That's precious in itself. And so we just have to know this is who we serve. This is who we worship. The living stone like he is God. Right. He is king. Amen. Amen. Right. In verse five, it says, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And so when we think about, you know, you being a, uh, a spiritual built up to be a spiritual house, and this is not happenstance. This is not something that happened accidentally. God is form is uh, is is putting you in position for you to be part of something great. He's putting right. us in position to be part of something. And sometimes we lose sight of that because right. we think that we're going to work, you know, in, in that individualistic mm -hmm. uh, 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 mindset that, you know, right. well, I'm good all by myself. But no, no, God has purposed us to be part of something greater yes. than, the, than, the, than the thing, yes. than, uh, that one thing. And so when we think about the fact sometimes we don't necessarily realize why we have to come together to pray, why right. we have to come together and fast, of it. why yes. we have to come together and commune together. Sometimes we don't we lose sight of the fact that you know because you life happens and you get Life caught up, you get caught up and, and and you think about okay what I have to do, mm -hmm. but there's a greater purpose. Right, right. And so if anything, God wants us to realize that you know yeah you can be that rock, that hard thing mm -hmm. that's bold enough to do and stand on your own, but what about you standing with the group, right? You standing with the the people that are around you, the coming community. together, yes. praying together, believing God together. Yes. What you can build, that's a spiritual house that God wants to dwell in. And so even when it says ye also as lively stones, so we are the examples as Christ is a living stone. Mm -hmm. As we follow him, as we yield, as we surrender, you know, been born again, given our life over, yielding, that yielding to his word, yielding to his purpose, you know, as he's revealing himself in the encounter, that that's when it's going to be the built up. And so that's when even the, with the reference on the spiritual house, like God has a purpose. And that's when it spoke to the, you know, the fellow, fellow citizens. We are now fellow citizens, right. you know, so we can't be treating our brethren like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't do you like that. Like, <laughs> you know, we've said that like, oh, I don't do you. No, we're fellow citizens. We are in a spiritual house together. This is God is very intentional in building us right. up, you know, and, you know, we've been learning like, OK, encountering God, you know, you know, through worship, through obedience, you know, saying, OK, God, I'm loving you more. But we're not loving God's people, loving to be with God's people, be a part of the spiritual house then we're not really encountering God like we need to. We're not really demonstrating that we are lively stones. Mm -hmm. See, because we are now set apart. We are now lively stones. We are no longer what we were because we are following after the living stone. You know, so we have to remember that as God is, you know, building up the spiritual house that he is taking us. We have a position and we all have a part to play. And even when it talks about an holy priesthood, like that is, 
we all have a part to play in the kingdom. And this is speaking to the body, you know, not just saying, oh, that's just for the pastor. But no, it's for the body, holy, set apart, you know, to be willing to be, you know, demonstrate the, and we're going to speak to what that looks like regarding the sacrifices. We're going to speak to that in a little bit. But, you know, just realizing, okay, wait, no, God is calling for me to be holy. God is calling for me to be set apart. God is calling for me to deny my flesh to, you know, say, okay, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to praise. God is not just saying, well, somebody over there, but God is looking for me to encounter. So as he's revealing himself, he's saying, okay, this is what I need from you as being a lively stone and how this looks in my life every day and picking up our cross daily, denying our flesh, following after him. That is what that looks like and to build up the spiritual house. Amen. So even it goes on and says, unholy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And yes. Of course, we know that word sacrifice. Sacrifice mm. uh, is one of those words that, you know, when you, when you <laughs> sacrifice, you, you kind of, you know, like, hold up, what's going on? And right. So sacrifice is an act of offering to a deity something precious, especially the killing of a victim on an altar and destruction or sunder, uh, surrender. Surrender of something for the sake of something else. And yeah. so sometimes when we see the word sacrifice, you know, we see that. We know that there's a destruction. There's something that's going to be uh, 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 chopped down or taken right. down or, or pulled down or broken apart for, for the sake of something else. And we lose sight of the fact that, you know, even in that sacrifice, mm -hmm. there's something that's going to come out of that. Right. 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 And God wants us to sometimes, he wants us to be that sacrifice. And he wants us to offer up those sacrifices to him. We were talking about before, sometimes we have to sacrifice our time. Right. Sometimes we have to sacrifice our opinion. Yes. Sometimes we have to sacrifice our, our individuality. Yes, and our mindset and what we're used to. Right. You know, and even going back to the scripture, you know, the key thing here that we have, because we've been learning about sacrifices all throughout this encounter. Like we have not been able to get away from it and we can't because that is what real worship, you know, God is looking for. And so, you know, Pastor Ivan in the missing key, he was talking so much and did an awesome, you know, and I encourage you all to go to the podcast and listen. Like all of the podcasts I feel like has been building up. It's been lining up, I'm telling you. Like, so I really encourage you to all go back to it. But even just speaking to the sacrifices saying, okay, we have to be willing, like, we can't just say, okay, well, that's enough. Like, mm. that's as much as I'm willing to sacrifice. But see, this is speaking to, it says to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And God is not, you know, he doesn't waste words. So he's saying spiritual sacrifices, meaning it's going to be ongoing. And I know we don't want to hear that because we want to say, well, I sacrificed last year. I did it before. <laughs> Oh, okay, well, they got my time last year. You know, we do, we do that. Now, right now, this season, it's about me. I need to pour into me. No, wait. God, but see, that takes the power from God to say, okay, God, let God pour into you, you know, but be led and say, okay, God, as I offer up the spiritual sacrifices, it's ongoing. God, what is it that you require? And that is what it is to engage with God, to encounter. And as he's revealing, like, he's like, okay, this is, a, this is the sacrifice right now. And then this is the sacrifice. And so even I want us to speak to regarding spiritual sacrifice. And before we continue on, because it says acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. But let us go. Listen, y'all. Let us go to Hebrews 13, 
15 through 16, it says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So, y'all, God worked us over with this. Let me tell you, you know, even just going back to even with 15 and 16, understanding these are the spiritual sacrifices, the sacrifices of praise. God is looking for a continual sacrifice. So I want to focus on 16. It says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. You know, I know this scripture by heart. Like, I know this scripture I haven't memorized. I've taught on this scripture. You know, we've used this scripture so many times. But do you know what God revealed to us in studying this? This communicate that God is speaking to is not the speech communicate, but God is speaking to fellowship. God is speaking to, you know, a coming together, a communion. And this God is looking for a partnership. So it says, but to do good and to partnership, to fellowship, forget not that. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. The spiritual sacrifice is in the fellowship. The spiritual sacrifice is when God is going to be well pleased, when God is pleased. And, you know, we can sacrifice thinking, okay, this is what I want to give. This is what I want to sacrifice. But God is saying, no, what I'm looking for is when I am pleased. Mm -hmm. And God really, I said, wow, that really blew me like, oh, my God, you're speaking to a fellowship, a partnership. And that is what we've been really encountering, God, through prayer, praise, and worship about the fellowship, the coming together, the, you know, and even speaking to, you know, God being a living stone. He's building us as the head. You know, he's yeah. building uh, the church, the body, you know, the spiritual house. This is the communication, the fellowship that God is speaking to. Amen. Even it spoke to friendship, togetherness for those that say, I don't have friends in the church. I don't, I don't, you know, mm. they're not my friend. You know, I don't want to be together. We need, God is looking for a fellowship, a togetherness in saying, we're going to come and worship you, God. We are going to keep the vision of the ministry where there's a togetherness. Mm -hmm. That is what God is looking for. Amen. Yeah. So, so. For some of us, when we don't see that, that means that we have to be that. Yes. We have to make that sacrifice. Yes. And so sometimes we, we lose sight of the fact that, uh, again, going back to the scripture, we were talking about the sacrifices that are acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. That's what God wants. He wants right. you to come out. It's not a matter of you. Uh, the sacrifice is being acceptable to you. Right. Sometimes we have to sacrifice that thing. Right. And right. understand that that's what God wants. Yes. Yes. So sometimes we are, we've been, you know, we'll sacrifice whether it be, you know, finances, but I don't want to be bothered oh. or I want to be, I'll sacrifice, you know, uh, uh, I'll sacrifice uh, giving myself over here with right. these two people because these two people are my friends, but God wants you to be spread a little right. bit further right. <laughs> along to some other people that you don't know quite that well. And so when and even speaking with that yeah. fellowship that you were talking about, even from the um, scripture, you know, in Hebrews, it talked about to do good, yeah. like, okay, you want to have that fellowship in that partnership mm -hmm. but you're not happy about it mm. you you you're not you know pleasant in that fellowship like you got the mad face you don't want to be there you know in your mind you you have detached yourself you're right. not present you're not there you're not actually willing to actually fellowship into partner and to be open you know so god god is really checking us and helping us amen on this spiritual sacrifice amen and what's acceptable to him amen amen verse six it says 
Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. And when we think about confounded, confounded means confused or perplexed or, by, uh, or, or dis to bring dishonor and shame yes. uh, and clear in mind or intent or confused. And so I just want to, uh, uh, to, to let you know that it, when the, as far as you know, what the scripture is starting off, it says starts off with behold. Mm -hmm. And he's showing us that we don't, we, we understand that there's a, God understands what his purpose is. Jesus understands what his purpose is. And he's laying a chief cornerstone in place, picked out for a specific purpose. Right. He is the elect. He is someone that has been, uh, that's precious and he's been chosen. Yes. With a high cost. There's a high cost of, of worth. And of course, we're talking about, you know, him giving himself for us, right? Understanding that he gave himself for us to be able to have access back to the Father. Right. That's a high cost. That's a high worth. And that's precious to God. Right. And he said that's already laid in, in Zion. That's already established. Right. That's already put in place for everything else to be built upon. And so even as PT said, like, Jesus was clear on his purpose mm -hmm. and what he was supposed to do. So our question today is, are you? Are you clear on your purpose? And see, that's why the encountering is so important because God is revealing who he is and he's going to reveal who we are and reveal our purpose and what we are supposed to do. Amen. So we want to make sure. And that's why this is a turning point. We don't want to leave out of this series not understanding our purpose. We don't want to leave out and just continue to go on in this next season, in this next quarter, like, okay, God, I don't know, you know, what I'm supposed to do. I'm not clear. I don't have an understanding. I'm still confused. I'm still not sure. My mind is still double-minded. I'm not made up in my mind about serving you and how that looks and disciplining myself and what I'm supposed to do for the kingdom, for the body, for the house, for Church of Philadelphia. So God is like, we need to make sure that we are assured and we know and clear on our purpose amen amen and so when we look at Zion we talk about Zion it's a parched place yes and God really understands he knows where he's placing this 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 building yes. right he understands that he's placing this in the in the midst of a place where there's not a, there's not life right? right or there's not you know uh, uh, where things can kind of come the hard way right right and so even when we think about sometimes we want to be placed in that easy place. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we want to be placed in that place that's beautiful and luscious mm -hmm. and everything's going our way, but that's not going to be reality. And right. sometimes we have to understand that this is our purpose. We're purposely put in a position where it's not going to always be easy. Right. But he is the living stone. And so even in that dry place, in that place, that's why he's building it. He's very intentional. Like, okay, because it's going to cause us to really depend on him right. even more, you know, and we got to do this by faith, this walk, this encounter, meeting God, you know, as he's revealing himself, knowing who he is, is by faith. And even in being in that place, that dry place, that hard place to know, okay, God, you're still going to give me the nourishment I need. You're still going to feed me. You're still going to be that living water, be that bread of life for me. And that is how we are really encountering and God revealing himself. And we can't miss that even in those places. Amen. Right. And so we think about the importance of a, a chief cornerstone. Yes. Let's, let's talk about him being the cornerstone. When we think about him being a cornerstone, that is uh, basically a, a marks the origin of a building yes 
And so we understand that none of this can be accomplished without Jesus. Come on now. None of this can, can will work. It's in vain without him. Without Jesus. Mm. And so when we think about the fact that he's a cornerstone, that everything's built upon him, and of course the cornerstone, when you think about, and you know, architecturally speaking, a cornerstone is, you know, a starting, uh, it's a, it's a, brick where you know or a stone right. where they it marks pretty much the starting and completion of the of the construction right. and so when we understand that with jesus with jesus in place mm -hmm. we're allowed to worship mm -hmm. with jesus in place we're allowed to build something great mm -hmm. with jesus in place we're allowed to 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 fall in line and right. be piece of the puzzle or a piece of the of the of the building that right. god is putting together right he understands his purpose. Right. It goes back to all what we were talking about before. He understands his purpose. And we have to make sure that we fall in line. We make sure we get or uh, stay in lockstep to what God is doing, what Jesus is doing. Right. And we can't, you know, saying, well, I'm going to take what I have and just try to build and do my own thing. He needs to be the chief cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And he's wanting to reveal himself. And, you know, I just want to encourage all of us to really understand as he's revealing himself, being that chief cornerstone, that stability. He's wanting to be that stability for you. He's wanting to be that place where you can build. And what does this look like? That's like, okay, God, I'm taking baby steps, God. Putting one foot forward. I'm making efforts. I'm being intentional, God. I'm doing this. And God is saying, keep building on that. Mm -hmm. God, I'm encountering you this way. And this way, God, I'm looking for you. I'm depending on you here. I'm releasing my faith here. I'm praying. You know, God is like, continue to build. And he's and but when we build on him be, allowing him to stay in that cheap being the chief cornerstone then that's when that foundation you know it can stay and god can continue to move and build upon us amen verse 7 it says unto you therefore which believe he is precious but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So basically we're, we're, we're joining the, uh, six and seven together because seven is just a continuation really of six and saying that there's a, there, there's a either or right. to this situation. So yes. unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them, which is being disobedient. There's an alternative, right? There's those that are not going to uh, to take in right. that Jesus is the cornerstone. They're not going to understand or, th or even believe that Jesus is the co cornerstone, and mm -hmm. they're going to do it their own way. Mm -hmm. It says, which is being disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, mm -hmm. the same is made the head of the corner. So even you're going to follow Christ and be in alignment with Christ, or he can be the thing that causes people not to understand or people not to fall in line. Mm -hmm. People are going to be affected by Christ either way. Right, right. And even, you know, speaking to unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious because, you know, we are allowing him to be that chief cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And even that precious, it speaks to the honor and that even speaks to worship, you know, to, you know, acknowledge God and being that honor. And it's like, OK, God, we have to continue to believe. You know, and that's why this is a turning point. You have to know, what do you believe? Do you believe, you know, are you believing that he deserves all the honor, all the glory? Like, he is precious, right. but unto them which be disobedient. And we, that goes back to the worship of, okay, you're not worshiping because you f you're, you're being disobedient. You know, because obedience is a form of worship. So we're, when we're in that place of being disobedient, we're not worshiping. And it says the stone which the builders. And this speaks to the, the builder speaks to, you know, the scripture before when it talked about the men, the Jews. You know, 
the, the people of God, right. you know, those that know a little something, those that have, you know, okay, I, I have scriptures underneath my belt. I've been in this Come thing on, for man. a little while. I think I know a couple things. I may have had a couple experiences, but we're still being disobedient because it's like, wait, we're disallowed. Like, they can't receive God. They can't receive Jesus. And how, you know, Jesus came being that living stone. And the turning point is we have to make sure some of us don't say it out of our mouths, but our actions and our behavior demonstrate that we are rejecting Jesus, you know, in our disobedience that we are rejecting who he's trying to be, that living stone, you know, being that chief cornerstone, who he's revealing himself to us when we do not obey, when we do not get in that place in worship, we are rejecting like, oh, no. This can't because that's what the Jews did, you know, and a little bit just I'm not going to go over detail of it. But just, you know, they were like, well, surely he can't be doing all this. Like, really, this is supposed to be somebody that's supposed to be great. And, you know, so they didn't want to receive from him. They didn't want to, you know, be open and partake and take of what Jesus had to offer. And we have to make sure that we are not rejecting him, you know, through our disobedience, through, you know, even in tearing down what God is building up, you know, tearing down. God is building up our growth in worship, our growth in praise and in prayer and, you know, the process of us to be delivered, but tearing that down by reverting back, by going back, by picking up the old habits, old ways, not staying in that, not pressing in that place to continue to allow God to build Amen. as we come up so he can meet us in deliverance. Amen. And it says the same is made by the head of the corner. So in this, you want to keep this? Okay. So <laughs> with this, and God is so intentional. So here, this is showing that God is going to get the glory. Either He's going to get the glory in either way. So the turning, a turning point in worship, a turning point in our lives, we have to really make sure that we are not in the place of being disobedient because God is saying the same is made the head of the corner. So he's still going to be the chief cornerstone and he's going to allow you to be disobedient. He's going to allow me to be disobedient if that's where we keep pressing to be. If we keep pressing to say, God, oh, I don't want to meet. I'm not encountering God in that place of worship and being disobedient and saying, God, I'm rejecting. I'm rejecting. OK, he's still going to use us because he's going to come and bring judgment. He brings judgment, which is good and bad regarding what we're doing. So when he comes to bring the judgment on both, he's like, OK, those that were disobedient. OK, I'm just going to I'm, I'm you're just going to have the consequences. Right. But he's still being the head of the corner. He's still in charge. And see, some of us, you know, the enemy has tricked us to think, well, if I don't comply, that takes away from his power. Oh, come on. If I don't comply that takes away from the vision that takes away from the purpose of what the church is supposed to do what the church is doing with what God has spoken that doesn't take away that doesn't take away from his power from what God spoke the promise if I don't comply if I don't accept you know that just actually you know it hinders you the person that's saying I'm rejecting you know we're losing out amen so we have to remember that he's still the head. He's still in control. Yeah, make no mistake, another stone can be used. Right. And he <laughs> will continue to build. Amen. So verse 8, it says, And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word. So two prophets portions pouring. We, you know, there's a way for Jesus is still going to get the glory. Yes. And whether that person is, you know, brought uh, uh, or stumbling over the fact that, you know, 
that he's real or that he's supposed to do what he's supposed to do or that he's you know his, that his purpose is real right. you know that can be that stumbling block that thing that keeps them from being in alignment to what God's trying to do right and but either way God still going to get the glory it says but by being disobedient whereunto also they were appointed and so there was a place for them there's a uh, there's a there's a they are set aside yes that's where the place is for them yes. there's still an appointment because everyone everyone's still going to have to reckon at one time at one right. point or another right with god in regards to why you did or did not what do you did and what you did not do exactly what's what was supposed to happen and so there's an appointment that we're all going to fall in line to or fall to and so we have to make sure that we are not being that you know we're not being that one that's in the way Right. We have to make sure that we're not being that stumbling block. We are, are, are making sure that we're not being stumbled. We're not stumbling over that block either as well. Right. We have to make sure that we're able to be a, a part of what God wants to do. We don't want to be the one that's out of the way. Right. And when we reject and when we are disobedient, mm -hmm. then that is when we find ourselves stumbling with the word. Right. You find yourself stumbling with worship. You find yourself stumbling with prayer, stumbling with praise, like the very thing that, you know, you're like, and, th and that's because of this disobedience. Right. So if you find yourself in that place of stumbling, then you need to say, okay, wait, where am I being disobedient? Like, why am I stumbling with the word? Wh why do I feel like the word is trying to trip me up? Why do I feel like prayer is trying to, you know, get me trapped in a corner or trip me up? And why do I fa feel like my praise, if I get God a praise, if I exalt him, it's trying to trip me up. When If that mindset is coming, if, you know, you're feeling like that, that's like, okay, wait, there's some disobedience there. I, I'm in a place of being disobedient. So I need to realign. That's a, a turning point. We need to, and I want to encourage you, what God spoke to us is, it's not too late. That's right. It's not too late. So right now, right. like, okay, God, wait a minute. God, I repent, Lord. Please, God, show me where I've been disobedient, oh, God. Show me where I need to turn and make sure that I'm in line with you, God. Show me, God, I don't want your word. I don't want my praise, worship, you know, the things, God, that I'm able to offer to you, God. I don't want my spiritual sacrifices to be, you know, a stumbling, to be feel like it's yes. trying to trap me up. Like, you know, God, what I took joy in, and even that's why this encounter is so important because it's taking us back to our first love to really say what really matters. Yes. Go back to what really matters. Like, okay, God, wait, I like, I, I, I enjoy, like, I like to fellowship. Or I like this. I like that God, you know, I love to pray, but why now is it feeling like God is a trap? It's yeah. hard, you know, not saying that we won't struggle to say, okay, God, because the enemy will, but it's like, why do I look at it differently? Why is it feeling like it's something that's a trap for me? No, you know, it's because of the disobedience. So God, because remember going back to the beginning, the sincerity, the, the simplicity of the word. And so we have to allow the simplicity of the word to do what it needs to do in us. Because it says in a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, like every time God now is trying to bring stability to us, it's an offense. Mm. When God is trying to reveal, reveal the truth, reveal who he is, it's coming as an offense because we're in that place of disobedience. So this is like, okay, wait, God is like, I'm going to give you what you asked for. Right. If you, you want to make it difficult, it can be difficult, you know? And it says, you know, even to them which stumble at the word, and that's that stumbling at the word, being disobedient. We're stumbling because we're being disobedient. So what that means is when we're, you know, being disobedient will cause us to stumble. Yeah. 
you won't be able to catch your footing. You won't be able to, you know, be stable to be able to say, okay, God, I'm walking, doing this walk. I'm moving forward, progressing, God. You know, God has been saying he's shifting us to the next level. God, I feel like, you know, my, my feet, I can't get a grip on mm -hmm. prayer. I can't get a grip on this worship. I can't get a grip on my praise. I can't get a grip, you know, that stumbling feeling like it's instead I'm unstable, you know. So God is stabilizing and, us today. And look at the irony in that is that, you know, from a, just from a human standpoint, right? what we all strive for is stability. Yes. What we all strive for is, is to some level, comfortability. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we find ourselves fighting against the one thing that makes us stable. Right. We find, we start, we find ourselves, uh, find ourselves fighting against the thing that would bring stability to our lives, yes. which is worship, which is prayer. Yes. And so even in that disobedience, the, d the trick of the enemy is for us to, to say, okay, well, I know I am stumbling, mm -hmm. but I don't know how to self-correct. I don't know. And we right. don't. We don't necessarily mm -hmm. know how to self-correct. We think we know how to self-correct. But the reality is that correction is in our obedience to what God has yes. for us. And just to be open and say, God, help me. Yep. And that's why he's here. Yep. That's why he is yep. the chief cornerstone. God, please. I need this foundation, God. You know, we've even been encountering, okay, help rebuild our foundation, get your foundation, you know, get our houses in order, dedicate a house. Like, so it's like, okay, God, it's been stumbling, God, so help me get it back in order, get it back in line. Amen? So even as it says, whereunto also they were appointed. So like PT said, like even in that place of being appointed, okay, if this is the direction you want to go, then... I will appoint you to be stumbling and to be disobedient. And we don't want that. Amen. That's why this is a turning point in worship. We really want to make sure that it is in our place of obedience. Amen. Amen. Verse 9. It says, but ye are chosen generation, royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar Hallelujah. people, that ye should show forth the praises of him and who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so sometimes we... Uh, uh, lose sight of the fact that we are a chosen generation yes and we are we are chosen of god to be able to do a specific thing at a specific time and we are a royal priesthood mm -hmm. like prophet Portia was saying earlier that we are all chosen and our word your word the word of god put in you and the right. word of god placed inside of me mm -hmm. it all forms together fits together and is building something beautiful yes. He's and placing the word inside of each of us. In right? each of us. And yeah. so sometimes, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, it fights against that individualistic feeling, mm -hmm. right? That you think that you can just go through life and on coast, your own, coast through, coast through mm -hmm. life on your own, do you, mm -hmm. and not have to worry about doing anybody else. No. But God's saying that's not what your purpose is. Your purpose is for you to be piece, a piece of the puzzle, to be part of something greater than yourself. And even, and sometimes, you know, we want to do what is comfortable. You know, PT spoke on that comfortability, and even Pastor Ivan did when it comes to the sacrifice. Like, no, don't just do what is comfortable. But God is looking for us to come out of that comfortability, that comfort zone, mm -hmm. to do what is needed for the body. Amen. Right. And so you are a part of a royal priesthood. Yes. I just want to encourage you and let you know that you're not standard. Yes. There, there's no, there's not, there, there's, when you call to do something royally, you're called to be doing it for the kingdom. Amen. Right. This is not something that, you know, this is, is, is of the people. Right. But it's still, there's a certain uh, standard that goes along with it. And so when we are talking about royalty, 
That means there's, there's service to the kingdom. Yes. That means you are in service to the kingdom. Jesus. That means that it takes work. That it takes service. effort. It takes, it takes ministry. Yes. And so Serving. even if, even if you are, and even it says we are a part, we are all part of a chosen generation of royal priesthood. Even if you do not have a title, right? Even if you don't have, you know, a, a pastor, prophet, minister, leader, but you're still part of our generation. Right. You're still part of this priesthood. The body of Christ. And yes. so there is still work for you. Mm -hmm. There's still some service that needs to be done. That mm -hmm. service doesn't just come from the top down. It goes across the board. Right. So even when we think about that, it says a holy nation, a peculiar people. And so even when we think about peculiar, peculiar in this sense does not necessarily mean odd or strange. Right. But it also we thought that we thought it. Mm -hmm. it we thought that, you know, because mm -hmm. even when we think about, you know, peculiar people, we always thought like, OK, well, he's talking about, you know, we have to be kind of strange because we're not going to do what the word world does. Right. But what he's saying is this belong uh, belonging distinctively to uh, uh, primarily to uh, a group or right. a, a kind or a special special or unique. Yes. And we are special and unique in the fact that we are a priesthood that follows after Christ. Yes. That we are a body formed together that follows after Christ. So we don't have to be, you know, strange and sit in the corner. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you don't have to be, you know, because you pray, you pray, you fast. Right. Because you, know? you pray fast. Right. Don't mean you have to look weird. Right. You can still be uh, uh, you can still uh, be, a part. be a part. Right. But still be set apart. Yes. And use the difference. Yes. You can still be uh, in the midst, but you don't necessarily have to follow after what everyone else does. Absolutely. And so God is showing us that, that you know, being set apart and, and being a part, there's a difference. Yes. We want to make sure that you understand that we are a peculiar, but we are, we are special. We yes. are unique. Yes. There's a uniqueness to us as a church body, as a, as a body of Christ. But we are, what makes us special, what makes us unique is the fact that we always point back to Christ. Yes. It has to point right back to him. Amen. And to give him the glory. Amen. You want to keep going? Yeah. Okay. Go so it says that he show, should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and sometimes we have to keep in mind the fact that that's what our purpose is right yes. we're supposed to give god praise and we're supposed to uh and first and foremost acknowledge the fact that he's called us out of the darkness yes and so you know even when uh um you know when you think about the fact that you know we've been called out of the darkness mm -hmm. we don't necessarily Sometimes we find ourselves reverting back to the darkness. Right, right. First of all. Yes. And so we don't, you know, we, and sometimes we don't even necessarily know when we tro we, we've kind of moved back into the darkness. Right. But God wants us to stay out of the darkness. Yes. And then point back to people and bring people out of the darkness with us. Right. Like we all have a part to play. Right. Right. So for the kingdom. He called us out of the darkness and, and point and he wants us to be in that marvelous light. Understand that we're in the light. Mm -hmm. We're we're walking in the light right now. Yes. So that's what part of this this encounter is all about is is understanding where we've come from. There should be a a earnest uh, uh, acknowledgement yes. and understanding that this is what God pulled me out An of appreciation. An appreciation. Mm -hmm. He wants us to have that 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 gratitude. And, and then understand that that in that gratitude, that's where the worship should come from. In that place of, uh, of great uh, gratitude, that gratefulness is where you should be able to pull from and say, OK, well, God, this is what I'm going to give back to you. Mm -hmm. Understanding that, you know, this is a marvelous light. This is not something that is uh, uh, common and something I can get anywhere. Right. This is something this is the light that God's shedding on my life. He's bringing me out of that shadow and whatever that darkness, that darkness is, that darkness is the shadow of death. Yes. Honestly. Sin. 
yes. and sin. So what he's pulled you out of, he wants you to understand that this is a beautiful thing. This is a marvelous light. This is something that is something to to behold. Yes. It's something to marvel. Yes. And so we we, we make we want to make sure that, you know, uh, um, that we're 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 not just benefiting from the light, but we're grateful for the light. Right. We're grateful for what he's, go- what and he's done. And we show our gratitude by offering, you know, by standing in that place of communication with him in prayer, by offering praise and even encountering him in worship and telling him who he is mm-hmm. because of him calling us out so him calling us out you know bringing us out he's our savior you know he is he he is our savior he is our lord you know understanding that he is the light he is the truth he's the way you know so we really have to remember as he is revealing himself amen amen in verse 10 it says which in time past were not a people but are now the people of god which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So that's what we're talking about. In times yes, past, Lord. we were not a people. Mm-hmm. There were there were people doing, there was one person doing this over here on the side. Come there was on one now. person doing that on the side. But now you're part of a collective. Yes. And with I want one you, agenda. With one agenda. And Come what, on now. one thing I want you to understand is someone is depending on you. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily, sometimes we lose sight of the fact that, you know, because w- we get caught up in, what we have to do and when we're, you know, what we're, what's going on with us. Yes, that's true. But, and that's what it was, that's the way that w- it was in times past, but now there's an understanding. Right. And so the understanding is that we are a people. Together in this. Together. Mm-hmm. We are now the people of God. Mm-hmm. And so even in that, we are set aside. There's an acknowledgement that we are in alignment to what God has for us. Exactly. Not just for you, not just for me. Right. But us together. Yes. And what God's going to do with us together, he's going to show us we didn't have mercy before. Right. But we have mercy now. Right. Because we are part of a group, because we're part of a family. Right. This family, we have mercy. Right. This family, we can walk and do what God's called to do because that mercy's there. Because we have something foundational to stand on that right. God's going to show us that we can do this thing together. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not always right. going to come together and look great. Right. But, but we, understanding we that in together, we're in it together, and, and that's where that the mercy, mercy comes yes, in. Yes, we have that mercy, and that mercy is help. Yes. It speaks to the help, you know, even in that place of affliction. It speaks to, the, you know, the unmerited favor. Like, we didn't deserve it, but God, you're giving us that help, you know. And that's, he's such an awesome God. Like, okay, we are his people. We're coming together. We have one agenda. So now we will be able to have that help mm-hmm. because we're not going to always nail it. But that's why that that mercy, that unmerited favor, that, okay, all right, I'm giving you that help, that place of affliction, okay, you didn't get it, I'm giving you that help you need. Amen? Amen. We finish off with verse 25. Yes. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. And so even Mm -hmm. as we were always, you know, we think about sheep, you know, sheep are not always deemed as the <laughs> the brightest end of animals right and sometimes you know that's just as as people are you know we don't necessarily do what's right for us right the right way because mm-hmm. we all know now that following christ is the right way right and so we are we've always gone where we where we've gone astray mm-hmm. we are able to return into the shepherd the good shepherd and bishop of our souls the one that is always looking out for us always making ways for us always showing us the right way to go keeping us safe keeping us in his care right that's what you know when we start talking about the bishop of our souls that's when we start we think about this thing is not it, this goes way beyond our right now 
Right. This goes way beyond this particular moment. We're talking about where our soul's going to be for the, the test of time. Right. And so even in speaking to it says, for ye were as sheep going astray. And see, this is why this is so important, a turning point, you know, a turning point in our lives, in my life, in his life, in your life, because it says going, meaning you were on your way. I was on my way astray. And what is astray? It speaks to roaming away from the truth. Right. We roamed away that disobedience, that being disobedient. We're roaming away from the truth, moving away from the truth. But God, I thank you for this encounter, because remember, the encounter is even those that unexpected, you know, experience where God is going to meet us and that meet to meet. That's why it's so critical. And so and I'm thankful for this. A turning point is pivotal because, God, we were on our way and it could be subtle. Some of us, it could be subtle just by one thought process, one perspective one frame of mindset with something and how you looked at something and your perspective on it had you going away roaming away from the truth of who God is and who he's been revealing himself to amen so I just want us to understand that even in us you know God has sent help he's saying it's not too late now it's time for us not to roam away from the truth but to remember okay because it says for you were as sheep going we were but he intervened, hallelujah. And it says, but are now returned. Thank you, Jesus. We are now returned. returned we have come back. Thank you, Lord. This pivotal time, this a turning point. We're turning so we can be able to see our deliverance, be in expectation of our deliverance because we are returning unto who? The shepherd, our Lord, who watches over us. That's a shepherd, That's right. takes care. You need to know that God takes care. He's caring for you in this encounter He's caring. He's wanting to care. That's all he wants. He's wanting to care for us. He is mindful of the little things, the small and the big. Mm -hmm. God is so mindful of the little things like God. He's really I know, you know, we've been like, OK, God encountering you, but he's a, such a good shepherd. And that's what this speaks to. God is such a good shepherd. And I said, God, I'm thankful because he's been revealing himself. He wants to reveal himself to you that he is a good shepherd. He is a good shepherd for you and a bishop of your soul. He's protecting and watching over your soul, our mind, our emotions, our will, our intellect. That is what he's a what? An overseer? Yep. He's an overseer of our souls. Amen. Yes, he is. Amen. Amen. So we just want to encourage all of us. Yes. Uh, in this turning point to make sure that we are returning back, that right. we are uh, uh, being returning to being aligned to what God has for us. And yes. even in this encounter, as we're finishing up this particular piece of the encounter series, we want to make sure that, you know, we understand that God is restoring that love and, and, and we're restoring that that love and obedience back right. to God. Yes. That we're returning to, you know, his righteousness yes. and returning back to to understanding his righteousness and what it means to be a follower of Christ. Right. And not be separated, and not be separated. but love the righteousness, love the holiness, love the fellowship. That is what God, you know, and so. Even in this a turning point in worship, as we carry over and, you know, in expectation of faces of deliverance, I want you to be encouraged to know that we're going to continue in worship. That's right. It's not going to stop. So don't have, even as you have your expectation on, okay, God, we're going to meet you in deliverance, but still continue in worship. God is still, maintain That's your right. worship. Maintain that is what God, maintaining your worship, that is what this a turning point 
what we need to get out of this to continue in worship, to maintain your worship. Amen. To really know your place in worship. Amen. 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 Well, amen. That is a turning point. You know, encountering God, encountering the faces of worship, a turning point in worship. God, I thank you for intervening. I Amen. thank you for the encounter. I thank you for the meeting, God. I thank you, God, for stepping in. God, I thank you for stepping in when we were on the way in another direction. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God, for him choosing us. Amen. 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 So that is encountering, you know, encountering God, encountering him through the faces of worship. Amen. Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchatphila.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social to like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchatphila.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.